Welcome to We Got This Covered's Cinemaholics, the weekly movie review talk show where critics and fans finally unite to discuss the biggest and best films coming to theaters. We're not just fans, we're not just critics, we're Cinemaholics. Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the official podcast of WeGotThisCovered.com. I'm John Negroni from the Internet, California. And from the Internet of Pennsylvania, back from an ice skating competition just narrowly beating out Martin Scorsese, it's Will Ashton. Hey. Stumbling out of Kevin Spacey's old trailer head to toe in Christopher Palmer makeup, it's Maverick Hines. Whoa. <laughs> well, Kevin Spacey wasn't in there. It was just you. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this week, we are doing our winter movie preview here on Cinemaholics. Uh, we are going to be telling you our most highly anticipated winter movies. We're picking films that are coming out over the next few weeks through the end of February. And we'll also be going through some honorable mentions and giving you a couple, a couple of movies that are on our radar, even though we're probably not quite as excited about them. But uh, yeah, strap yourselves in. Are you guys ready to do this thing? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. We, we each pick three in something, and by the way, our intros are subtle little hints of movies that we've picked, although I didn't do one for myself, but uh, I guess mine is I was in England, you know, uh, eating marmalade. It's John. Uh, we each picked three <laughs> movies, and the only thing is we, we had a conundrum, right? Because we couldn't, who was going to pick Star Wars? The Last Jedi. Hmm? Who's gonna know. Who's gonna pick it, right? Because like we're all looking forward to Star Wars. I don't know who's looking forward to it the most. It would be me, and there is no competition. You both can shut up. <laughs> uh, so we're actually just gonna start with that because it's kind of a shared thing. We're all looking forward to Star Wars: Last Jedi. We're gonna be talking about it on the show next week. But uh, is there anything you know, anything that you would want to say as far as like the winter movies go about Star Wars: The Last Jedi? Anything that is kind of on your mind? Like, are you looking forward to it? Are you nervous? Do you think it's gonna suck? Uh, I don't think it's gonna suck. I mean, I'm seeing it Monday, so I'm just nervously anticipating it at this point. I'm just hoping that all the good word of mouth I've heard lives up to the hype, and that Ryan Johnson makes a really good Star Wars movie. What good I mean, word I of mouth have you really heard, though? Because people have been quiet that I know. Well, from Disney, they seem to be very happy with the final product, which is not something they were for, like, Rogue One. They had to, like, kind of reshape that. Sure. Uh, the Han Solo movie, they fired Phil Lohr and Chris Miller, but, like, they didn't seem to have any problems whatsoever with Ryan Johnson. Yeah, they've rehired him for a totally new trilogy with new right. characters, so clearly they have faith in right. so, the movie. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like they're confident, and that that gives me confidence that it's going to be at least pretty good. So, I hope for the best. It, the trailers look cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks it looks really interesting. The what's got me excited is I've been reading a lot of like little excerpts from um, uh, what's the woman that plays Ridley or not really, Ray? I can't remember her name. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. Yeah, close. Daisy Ridley. There it was Daisy Ridley, and um, I can't remember who else it was, but just people talking about kind of the like what's different about this movie and they're talking a lot about how like the lines of good and bad are gonna be a little bit more blurred and like we might get a little interest in seeing snoke on screen so i'm just i'm really excited for like these little things that they seem to be like oh, daisy ridley seems to be really excited about like the fact that this movie goes in a different direction than what star wars has before and i think mark hamill said something about how like you know the movies have always been secretly about the villain and we see this a little bit more in this movie so i'm just those little kind of like Easter eggs that they're kind of throwing out sneakily yeah. I'm, they have got me really anticipating something different, which has me excited. And I'm thinking too, even if my mind isn't blown or anything, even if they don't do some sort of crazy twist, because they probably know they can't top The Empire Strikes Back, I- I'm really looking forward to what the world is going to be like after this movie, because especially if it's really good, but also if we go into the third movie with less of this like mystery behind it all, and we're just able to... Uh, look forward to a movie, not a big milestone, not a cultural event. I mean, it'll still be one, but it'll be less about, okay, who were Ray's parents? Who's Snoke? All this stuff. I feel like a lot of that stuff is going to be, I, it, be it may not be all that satisfying of, of, of a twist or reveal, but I feel like the focus will shift more into how much fun the movies can be instead of, you know, the mystery behind it all. Maybe. Yeah, I agree. I think that'll be nice to kind of have that all gone and then we can just focus on the next one. We should watch, uh, the last one before we watched it on Thursday. Yeah. How many times have you, I've seen force awakens three or four times. I think I've seen it twice. And I've okay. seen rogue one twice. 
Will I've seen them both one time in the theater. That's what I okay, that's what I thought. But I think yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch Force Awakens on Sunday so I can be all caught up. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a great rewatch. It's a movie that I like the more I see it. Because I remember coming out in the when in uh you remember Maverick, we we came out of the theater and you guys got all mad at me because I wasn't as hot on it, but yeah, because I liked it better strong. the second time. What? I said I liked it better the second well, time. Well that's good. Yeah. Yeah, we were all, I think it was like a group of us, like six of us, and we were all like, John, what what is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> I you know, I I still I still have issues with the movie. I, I, you know, but it, it's, it still was like, there was nothing like going to the theater and not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing anything about this movie. You know, it was such a well-kept secret, you know, how things were going to play out and just watching Star Wars with all your friends. It's, uh, it, it's such a great piece of movie watching for me. And I love going to the theater anyway, but my favorite theater experiences are with like a group of friends and especially like for Star Wars, it's like up there. I can't, I honestly, I can't even think of another besides Force Awakens. And, uh, gosh, yeah, I, I'd have to go back to like when I saw Inception on opening night. Cause we, we stayed up for the, uh, back then it was always just midnight previews, right? Mm-hmm. And we all saw that together and a bunch of us crazy Nolan fans. Cause we love the Dark Knight, obviously, and the prestige. So, uh, I loved the, the opening of Inception. I know not everybody loves that movie. I think most people like Inception, right? I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, it has its detractors here and there, but yeah, really? I think I think it's fantastic. But I feel like that was like the last movie or the last Christopher Nolan movie everyone seemed to agree was like really good. Like hmm. since then, it's gotten like his other movies have gotten kind of mixed responses from people. Yeah, I'd say Dunkirk was definitely better received by more people, but yeah, even Dunkirk was kind of like people kind of walked cold on it. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, good point. Well, all that said, that's Star Wars. We're obviously looking forward to it. Can't wait to talk about it on the show next week. And uh, obviously, that's going to be a good time. But let's start with Will Ashton. What is your number three most anticipated movie of the winter season? All right. So my number three is a movie I don't really know too much about. I don't even know what the title of it is, really, because no one really knows much about it. It's uh, the, the new Cloverfield movie, which... At one point, I believe it was rumored to be called God's Particle or God Particle or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's a movie I'm just going in blind because uh, besides like some like the nitty gritty, like the ca- like there's a director obviously announced and writers, and we know it stars um, Daniel Bruhl and Elizabeth du- Dubacki. Is that how you pronounce it? From uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I thought it was Dubecki, but is sure. it Dubecki? I'm sure. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. yeah, and then um, Gugu Ma. Uh, I'm, I'm, that one I'm just going to absolutely butcher, but uh, the girl from... Um, Mubatha Ra? Yeah, there you go. Is that how you say it? I think so. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's like a space movie. I know that much. Yeah, astronauts. Yeah, and know. something's happening. It's in the world of Cloverfield or something like that. So, uh, yeah, this one, like I said, I know it's a horror movie. I know it's sci-fi. I know it's a new Cloverfield movie, and I like the first two a lot. I feel like the first one doesn't really get that much appreciation. Like, I feel like it gets a lot of detractors for some reason, even though I think that's probably one of my favorite found footage movies of, like, the last decade. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just really excited to see something that I don't really know much about, and I think they're going to probably do, like, the same thing they did with the last one, where they probably won't reveal any footage until, like, a mm-hmm. month or two before the movie comes out, which I prefer. I mean, I think... It's a lot more economical to just kind of build up the hype in two months and just get the ball rolling that way. Unless you're the Blair Witch franchise. Yeah. Well, even like um, we just saw the trailer for Battle Angel, and I guess that doesn't even come out until like next summer, and they're trying to get that ball rolling, but it seems to have backfired on them, I guess. I knew you were going to find a way to bring up that trailer. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I, I Well, the first time I watched the trailer for that, I was like, it looks okay, and I I rewatched it. I'm like, I don't know. Because that was right after I told John, like, yeah, it looks okay. And then I rewatched it. I was oh. definitely not as happy. <laughs> I was yeah. like, uh. And I was so mad about that yesterday, too. Yeah. Because, uh, so we're recording this the day after that trailer dropped. And then there's also the, Maverick, did you see the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom trailer? Yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Just, it doesn't, like, I've never seen, because I was, I guess, sort of excited for that movie. I wasn't, like, you know, jumping out my seat for it. Jurassic World, you tra- mean? Yeah. Yeah. But, like the trailer made me want to see it less. Yeah, like, I don't know. The premise just doesn't seem interesting based off how they've painted it in the trailer. Yeah, we had a whole conversation. We'll we'll get to this next year when we're talking about this movie. But yeah, 
I, I really enjoyed Jurassic World. I know people really like to hate on it, but I had a good time with it. And I know, I Will, you it. didn't hate it. You thought it was just Yeah, fine. I was definitely mixed on it, but yeah. I, I liked it more than I didn't. But I can definitely understand the criticisms that were thrown at the movie, at least some of them. So well, I had a question back to the Cloverfield thing. Did, okay, did yeah. you watch the first Cloverfield in theaters? I did, yeah. I was actually, I remember being really hyped for that movie because uh, once that first trailer dropped and I was just like, what is this movie? I was like, following up on the slush show website and stuff like that that was mm-hmm. god that was like 10 years ago uh yeah. yeah that was like that was like really when like viral marketing was starting to get big for movies and that was like the first time there was even something like that of this scale so uh yeah, yeah no, i like it was like the field. mystery box thing right yeah you know, yeah you yeah. have trailers like the super a trailer and it was more about like oh what's in what's that you know that kind yeah. of yeah i remember people were like convinced it was godzilla like a new godzilla movie oh, people yeah. were because like they were like, I you was look, of that train thought. Like if you look at like the shape of it in the poster, or whatever, like it's clearly Godzilla and stuff like that. And then like, at or one at point, least one tra- of his enemies, right? And then, or yeah, yeah. Mothra or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but no, it was. Uh, I don't even. I mean, I don't know. did you guys end up liking Cloverfield the first one? No, I don't dislike it. I I kind of was whatever on it honestly i i okay yeah i guess i should explain i didn't actively dislike it like i wasn't like oh that's a terrible movie but it's not something where people were like oh let's watch cloverfield that i would say yes to yeah like like, oh of course why wouldn't i but i'm also not a huge fan of the whole like found footage thing it's just yeah because did you watch chronicle i don't think so that's a good one you should watch it yeah maybe i just haven't there's some found footage ones that i wonder if you would enjoy more yeah because i get where you're coming from you probably like Troll Hunter too. Ooh, yeah. Or uh yeah, not to be confused with Troll or Troll 2. Yeah. Don't watch no. those ones. It's a Norwegian movie. Ooh. Uh I think it's on Netflix. It's like a dark comedy sort of. Yeah. But it's uh, good. Yeah, it's a good one. You I think you'd like it. It's kinda up your alley. Thanks, Tom. Um Yeah. So but yeah, that's Cloverfield for now. Like I said, there's not really too much we know about it, so Except I can't that the really... cast is good and it feels yeah, yeah. a lot like life. The Jake Gyllenhaal movie from yeah, I never got to year. see that one, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely kind of, yeah. it definitely has similar vibes from what I saw from the trailers for that one. But well, it's like a survival, it's a survival movie on a space station. That's what we know, and okay. it's like close. It's the International Space Station, just like Life. Okay. Um, but I think like what they're trying to like survive is different because there's like a particle. That's why it's got called God particles. I don't know. Yeah, Listen. I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to when they look out the window and they see that that monster just floating in the sky, and they're like, "Oh no, a spirit in the sky!" Yeah. The <laughs> uh, oh man, that song. But uh, yeah, um, like I said, I think it could be really cool. It could not be, but I love the mystery that's going on right now, and I I, I like the first two a lot. So I'm blindly hesitant to give this one my most anticipated recommendation, but I'm going for it. All right, and we should say like on that note and we're going to move into Mavericks but you know not a lot of great so movies coming out of the winter now. season <laughs> well a lot of a lot of winter movies we've already seen or they're like Oscar bait movies that yeah. you know are, are just kind of like we, we were including them right but yeah. we're not a lot of stuff's coming out in like January and February except for like one or two interesting ones so with that yeah. said Maverick Hines uh, oh, January sorry, is such an uh, interesting month because like for people in middle America it's like you get the movies that should have come out like the month before, they they start rolling into theaters, and then you just get garbage like right along too. And yeah, it's just like twelve well, strong is gonna be coming out. Yeah, it's like well, the Shape of Water sold out. I guess we can see a haunted house. Yeah, yeah. There's the Winchester horror movie, yeah. which is actually based like where we actually live. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We'll probably watch it at the theater that's like down the street from it. It's like oh next nice, order that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun. I think we should go to the house first. I think that'd be a cool experience. Yeah, sure. Never, why not? The, the only event. reason I've never gone to the Winchester house is because the tickets are like 40 bucks. And I heard also it's Also because it. it's not interesting at all. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to do it because, you know, why not? Anyway. I only interested because of Winchester repeating arms. And I like Winchester repeating Guns. arms. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Um, okay. So for me, um, like John said, I, I don't know what it is, but this list of movies that we had to pick from, just nothing really grabbed me. Um, and I had my top two, and then the third one, I was just like, this is the the most interesting of a list that I don't care about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so my number three anticipated movie is um, All the Money in the World, which when we saw the trailer for it while watching The Shape of Water the other day, I was like, Taken? Is this 
Is this just taken? I mean, uh, I mean, that's not totally fair. I mean, Whatever. it is a real life event. <laughs> yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you see the new trailer or the one with Kevin Spacey? We saw the new. It's one. a new one. Yeah. Okay. Because so I heard Christopher Plummer. I heard some theaters are still playing the Kevin Spacey one, and then some are playing the Christopher Plummer one, which must be really confusing. I've only some. seen the Plummer one, so yeah, that's my, and I've seen it one time. And yeah, the it's the story of the kidnapping of a 16-year-old John Paul Getty III and the desperate attempt by his devoted mother to convince his billionaire grandfather to pay the ransom. And Mark Wahlberg is in it and he seems to be he's like the the uh um like bodyguard hitman kind of thing that's mm-hmm. out to save this this uh young guy who's got kidnapped and if I don't sound excited, it's because I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but aren't you super interested in big oil in the 70s? Nope. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, Will, have you seen anything about this? How do you feel uh, about it? Just, just the trailers from what little I gathered from there. I just, To me, I'm not really interested in the story. I'm just interested to see how they pulled off reshooting a good chunk of the movie with a different actor. Yeah, there's given, just, there's oh, yeah. going to be a good story behind what they did to make this movie happen. I probably right. not good enough story to make a documentary out of it, but enough to be like, well that's interesting. Like I know. hope they do something. Yeah, cuz like, at this moment that story is a lot more interesting than the movie itself cuz <laughs> Yeah. But it's interesting. It's just an emphasis on how Ridley Scott can just work so effing fast. Yeah. yeah. I just I'm worried that they're going to put all this time and effort into a movie that was like already just mediocre but it might be good i don't know it just feels like it's just gonna be okay and like it's just gonna go away after a month like after we've seen it and it's like oh yeah you did it you got chris christopher Plummer in there but then yeah it might not it, even be i because yeah. even when you watch the trailer with kevin spacey i don't think you, you barely see him in that trailer anyway this was before well, like yeah all that stuff happened because uh i heard he was only shooting for like i think 12 days so it wasn't like he was super big in the story i think he's only in like maybe four or five scenes so i think they just that's yeah, why because a big chunk yeah. of the story is them trying to free the son while trying to convince getty to pay the ransom so right. he's supposed to be in like half the movie he could be in like a third of it or even less right. than that so <laughs> but uh yeah i mean good for ridley scott for you know getting it under the deadline but uh i don't know Really, Scott's we'll the only reason I'm even going to watch this. But. Yeah. yeah, and I I do like Mark Wahlberg's movies, and it seems like it's going to have some action points. So maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised, and it'll be you know an entertaining time. But yeah, like I think we'll set it pretty well. Like the story is just not. I don't care. <laughs> Sometimes though, I mean, I how many movies have we seen this year where we didn't care about the story? Well, was, that's what I was just going to say is like every Only the movie, brave is probably the most recent. Every time I've gone into a movie, not really wanting to see it or interested. It's been pretty, it's been better than the opposite. Like when I saw <laughs> lady Macbeth, like I'm still like shook, shook. from that. <laughs> still shooketh from that experience. <laughs> so if this is anything like that, which I not holding too much hope for, but I would be pleasantly surprised by that. Since we're not doing mini reviews, I, I'll say like on that note, uh, I watched a movie that was kind of softly recommended to me that I w- didn't think would be all that good. It's called Bad Genius. And, bad uh, Genius? Bad Genius. Uh, I rented it on iTunes. I should have bought it. I, once again, I keep renting things and not buying them. It's stupid. But but then when you're going to buy something, you're just going to yeah. that movie. <laughs> oh, why did I buy Girl's Trip? Right. Um, oh, did you not like that, Girl's Trip? I liked it. It was a solid rental. I don't think I'd watch it again. It's okay, too yeah. long. But, yeah, um, I, I thought it was like 20 minutes too long. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. I I definitely was... I got some good belly laughs from that one. But uh, mm-hmm. Bad Genius, It all it really is about is a group of kids in Thailand going to extraordinary lengths to cheat on their tests. We're talking about like the lowest of stakes. And that was one of the most entertaining movies I've seen all year. It, right now, it's number my second favorite movie of the year. Coming so, on about a hundred or so movies, so I cannot recommend it enough. Wow, it's like the good version of the Perfect Score, that old Chris Evans movie. Oh, it's so much better than that movie. I it's mean, it's like kind it, of a similar premise, I'm guessing, right? It's it's similar, but it's definitely like Bad Genius is its own thing. I mean, it's right. like Mission Impossible, but like these kid, these hyper smart kids figuring out how to cheat on it. Like 
it's so the thing about it is like you feel so tense in that movie for reasons that are just movie magic because mm-hmm. if you really step back and evaluate what's happening like there's no reason for me like this movie has more tension than any other like heist film where some where people are like shooting at each other and i just think that that's just like the magic of the director so i yeah i, I think a lot of people are going to like it it's english subtitled but trust me it's that it, it works so well and uh, if that's the kind of thing that normally bothers you i would not let that bother you for this movie well thankfully it doesn't so i'm excited to check it out awesome um so did you have anything else on all the money in the world nope yeah i already forgot either. about it yeah it's like <laughs> whoa that movie <laughs> but it is a film it is a movie we'll, we'll say that much um when does it come out again I, uh, I literally it's this now. month i want to say yeah i, I think they moved the days. date back three days they said to christmas so okay yeah we'll we'll probably be talking about that movie uh in the next couple of weeks uh another movie this is a kind of an honorable mention the greatest showman is going to be coming out around christmas oh. time yes and, yeah tomorrow you know i was gonna say well like i i'm gonna watch it at some point but i, I watched some of the behind the scenes featurettes that came out this past week and I was really hoping that they would change my mind on this movie and make me more excited. And they didn't. I, I really, cause I really want to, I really want to like the music in this film. For those of you who don't know, it's a musical about PT Barnum with uh, Hugh Jackman, yeah. Zendaya, Zach Efron. And, uh, Pat, I think Pat Oswalt is in this. Maybe? No, I don't think so, but. Oh, uh, maybe I'm thinking yeah. of somebody else, some other yeah. funny person. I mean, person. if he is, I just didn't hear or see anything with him in it, but I don't think that's the case. But I'm going to see it because, uh, the music is by the same guys who co-wrote the music for La La Land. And okay. I still listen to La La Land soundtrack all the time. So I'm really hoping like the greatest showman has a lot of original stuff in it. So uh, I'm going to be curious to hear what you think. Will. yeah, I mean, it seems like right now it's kind of taken over the snowman as like the joke on film Twitter. Cause like, it's not really drumming up any buzz, but like they're like super excited to like get this circus musical out and like, yeah, every, yeah it's just like, Hey, don't forget about my circus musical. <laughs> yeah. It, it, if if it doesn't become a big hit, uh, I don't know. I won't be too bummed out. But I could see this one playing really well to audiences and just coming in kind of cold for critics. But I'm hoping yeah. it's good. I mean, I like that it's an original musical. Like it's not really based on any pre-existing music or anything. Kind of similar to La La Land. So, I mean, if it's good, I'll be excited. But at the moment, I'm kind of trepidatious about hmm. it. Yeah, I think you're trepidatious anyway for lots of reasons. But okay. Yeah. Uh, this next one is, uh, it's already starting to come out in select theaters and it's probably not going to hit a much wider release than what it is now, but, uh, there's this documentary coming out soon, uh, that I'm really looking forward to. It's called Quest and, uh, it already, it, it premiered at a, a festival or two. I, I forget which ones exactly, but oh my gosh, this is a documentary about an American family living in North Philadelphia. So not too far from you, Will. Well, the other side of your state, I want to say, but yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it takes place during, over the course of the Obama presidency. It is based on the Rainey family and they're trying to raise this family in a very impoverished neighborhood. Uh, it's, it's a lot of it is about how they sort of like try to do the best for their community, how they're trying to be, they're creating this uh, creative sanctuary for the people around them. So it, it's it's a documentary that it might seem kind of small at first, but based on everything I've heard, read, and what I've seen from this movie, I, this just looks like a very beautiful, uh, a p- very beautiful set of real life events that just get to race and class in this country where we are at, you know, over the course of like eight years that were very interesting. And we're just starting to like kind of look back um, in the last, over the last decade and kind of take stock of how the world has changed, you know, because the world is constantly changing and things are just, you know, you never, you can never have like a full complete picture of American life. You know what I mean? So I'm really looking forward to this because I want to go into that world. I want to understand more people in a part of the country where I just am not. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. Have you guys, I don't think you guys had heard of it yet. Um, it was directed by uh, Jonathan Olszewski. Is, is this his first movie or has he done anything? Besides this, this? I think this is his only thing. So okay. yeah. And it's supposed yeah. to be kind of, you know, a personal, like, they spent a lot. Obviously, this right. is a project that's been years in the making. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's good. Like you said, I didn't really know anything about it until you put it on the list, but it sounds interesting. I'm hoping it's good. So, yeah. Same. 
I think I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to see it in theaters, but hopefully it's going to be hitting video on demand at some point. And uh, when that happens, uh, I'm pretty excited for that to happen. So cool. All right. My second movie is a biopic, which is usually not something I anticipate. But this one looks a little cut above. The, it looks like a cut above the rest, which is I, Tanya, the new Margot Robbie movie, which is about uh, Tanya Harding, who I guess her whole story happened when I was like a baby or maybe one or two years old. So I don't really know the full extent of her uh, life story. And I've been pers- personally, I've been trying to not know that much about it. So, uh, she was a competitive figure skater who I guess got into something criminal, I guess. Is that the case, John? Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, some, yeah, something kind of nefarious happened behind the scenes and it's like, based on a trailer, they're kind of going for a very Martin Scorsese, like David O. Russell kind of approach. It's, a uh, Craig Galepsi is a director. He did like Lars and the Real Girl, the His Friday Night Remake. Film. Uh, he did a bunch of other things, uh, but uh, yeah, he's his filmography is a little all over the map. But uh, oh yeah, the Million Dollar Arm movie, he did that, and the Finest Hours, which neither of which I was super crazy about. Yeah, <clears> he <throat> has a yeah two Disney movies mm-hmm. that I had never was had much interest in. But uh, did you watch uh, Mr. Woodcock? I did, unfortunately. Oh, man. I remember that movie so vividly which is really? weird yeah i don't I barely know remember why. oh geez was uh was that playing at the theater while you were working how do you remember that movie so well um it was at the theater i was working at and i remember it because it was the same year as lars and the real girl and it had stifler in it so i was like oh yeah i'll watch oh the, that's the guy from bad news bears all right i'll watch this okay yeah. <laughs> uh yeah so in addition to Margot Robbie, it also has Sebastian Stan as uh, Tanya Harding's husband. I guess like he's kind of abusive, from what I've heard. And then mm-hmm. also Allison Janney is her mom, who's also kind of an abusive figure. I've heard kind of mixed things about how they approach their aspect of life. Like some people are very critical of the fact that it's like kind of darkly comedic, but at the same time, a lot of people seem to like that it is sort of darkly comedic in the sense that it is a little more spunky, a little more active and alive than your average biopic, which is usually kind of stuffy and uh, perfunctory. Uh, yeah, so I mean, just based on what I've seen from the footage and from Margot Robbie's performance, it just looks like it has a lot of fun energy to it that I'm going to like a lot. I could see me hating this movie, but I feel like I'm at least going to enjoy it. So I'm looking forward to this one. And I hope it lives up to most of the hype, because, I don't know, I mean, like, the biopics we've seen this year, they seem to be kind of a mixed bag. I mean, I know you really liked Battle of the Sexes. I think Mm -hmm. we both enjoyed Darkest Hour, even though we didn't really necessarily love it. Uh, But, you know, I mean, it's Oscar season, and it seems like this one might be a little more fun, so. Yeah, weirdly enough, I think uh, my second favorite, if you want to say favorite, biopic of the year is probably Disaster Artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. I keep forgetting that's, like, actually a, a biopic. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've heard a lot of the same complaints that uh, the the abuse in the movies con- makes people is making people feel uncomfortable. I don't know if that's if I'm going to agree with that, to be honest. Right, and, yeah. Because um, I know that they, you know, isn't the real-life Tanya Harding, like, involved with this movie to an extent? I know she was on the red carpet. I don't know if... She was super involved with the actual film, but yeah, I don't know either. So that's a speculation. But yeah. I don't know. She's alive, so yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 and also a lot of like, uh, this is like too much like Goodfellas, like really aping them without yeah. being its own thing. So could go either way. Yeah, like I said, I mean, we also had another movie that was like very similar to Goodfellas, uh, American Made, which I've mostly forgotten about. In that, yeah, you know, I like actually, September. I would actually put that along the same lines as disaster artists you know i i like them about the same okay that's interesting all right uh i mean i gave them both b grades <laughs> yeah that's what they're they're uh, perfect b films sure yeah uh so yeah i on tanya is another movie i'm a little hesitant on but at the same time i'm just liking the footage a lot and i'm liking that's also kind of energetic and insane at the same time so i'm hoping it's good my only criticism, I, I hope it's not going to do like that thing. Um, do you guys ever see Kate plays Christine? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. It was about, um, it was like one of the two Christine Chebowick, uh 
movies that came out a year or two ago. And I remember that movie was like one of those things where it was like exploring the subject, but at the same time criticizing the audience for mm-hmm. wanting to explore a subject. But it's like, we're not the one that made the movie. You know, you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I hope that's not the case with I, Tanya, where it's like going to like make, expect us to laugh at her, but then turn around and be like, hey, why are you guys laughing at you guys should be you should feel ashamed of yourselves. I hope it's not going to be one of those things, but yeah. we'll see. I'll I'll say that the big reason I'm looking forward to I Tanya, it's, I I've loved every trailer, and uh, I, I'm a big Is fan more of Margot Robbie. So, yeah, they, well, there's the teaser trailer which okay. I adore. I uh, I think it's like one of the best trailers of the year. The most recent one, like the full trailer, is good too. I I just think it has a lot of energy to it, and I I like the people involved. I thought Fright Night was actually good. I I like that movie. Yeah, I like. And I, yeah, and I don't, I don't love Gillespie's Disney work, but this is a totally different thing. And I think mm-hmm. he, there's Definitely more to uh, his filmography than yeah. Million Dollar Arm and, uh, and, uh, the other one, Finest Hours. So. Yeah. Finest Hours. Yeah. Which, uh, feels like it came out a million years ago, even though it just came out in January of last year. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Another movie we should bring up, uh, well, there's two. So there's Ferdinand, which, uh, you saw this morning, Will. I did. Yeah, uh, can't talk about it yet, but uh, that, that's a new animated film coming out over the next couple of weeks. And uh, there's also The Shape of Water, which Maverick and I saw this the other day. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about Shape of Water. Uh, Matt Donato talked about it a couple of episodes ago, so we're not doing a mini review. But uh, uh, Will, you're supposed to see this one next week? Uh, no, I was. Well, initially I was supposed to see it on Monday, and then they moved my screening to the 18th, but that's when I had to see Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. So I, I won't be able to see it until it comes out, which right. is probably going to be around Christmas. So unfortunately, sh- yeah, it's going to be a little while for me, but I really want to see it. The short version is I really liked it. It's in my top 20 of the year. Okay. Uh, and Maverick. Yeah, I liked it too. It was interesting. It was a lot different than what I thought it was going to be, but I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those movies that I think I'm going to love the second time. Um, uh, there's a lot going on in that movie. Uh, so I, I, I think. I think I'm with Donato. I, I think he really liked it too. I don't think yeah, he was he did. quite as hot on it, but uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, we're probably about around the same on the movie. But that's yeah. Guillermo del Toro's new movie. And it's funny, I re- I was rewatching um, Pan's Labyrinth last night. and Great movie. Uh, I love that movie so much. I want to um, say that good. again. I haven't watched it in so long. Yeah, it's, it's, it just, that's, uh, it's another great example. Of, like the more you watch that movie, the better it gets. So. But okay, moving into Maverick, your number two, uh, hot, most highly anticipated. Now we're getting to the movies that you actually like, or actually are. Uh, kind of. This one, again, is like the best of the available one. My number one's the uh, only one I'm actually like truly excited for. You were pretty quick on it, too, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my number two movie is Annihilation, which is the Natalie Portman, mo- Natalie Portman movie coming out on February 23rd. So I think it's just inside. It's like right at the end of winter, <laughs> so we got some time. Window. Yeah. Um, it, it, a, bio, a biologist signs up for a dangerous secret expedition where the laws of nature don't apply. Um, the trailer, I think, has left things kind of intentionally a little bit vague. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see Natalie Portman as the biologist kind of going into this like otherworldly. Yeah, it's like alien because it's sci fi horror. So it looks yeah. a lot like Alien Covenant. And then it takes a total turn for like more Prometheus, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. But it, it looks interesting. And, and I think it has um, potential to, to be really cool and a little bit different. We see uh, the character Natalie's playing kind of like getting interviewed about this area. Like, oh, is this, you know, is it carbon based? Did it respond to you? And stuff like that. So and I'm going to be honest. It looks cool. Like, this is my actual like. Pro- this is probably number my number one, but I just, yeah, I, I it was a lot of competition. But I was gonna say <laughs> that's the John only for, reason we just needed you to have a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. If you hadn't picked it, I would have. But Annihilation, I would have picked it too. Yeah, Alex Garland. I mean, I I, I love Ex Machina, and so I've good. been waiting for this his next project because yeah. I don't think he's done anything since, right? Uh, no, this is his follow-up did you read the book though for this movie Mm-mm, no i heard it's, it's like a good. series of novels though isn't it is it i don't know i i know it might it's at least one book so uh jeff van meer i think is his name vandermeer maybe yeah vandermeer sounds right actually. yeah vandermeer yeah but for the, and and garland um he's probably best known for 28 days later but the screenplay yeah and, and sunshine. never let me go sunshine which yeah, he's got some good films under his belt, and I think Ex Machina might have been his first directorial. Movie. Yeah, it was his directorial was debut. Yeah, 
So, but oh wait, he did. Um, I think he did some post production directing on uh, Dread. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, I heard that the original Ooh, director was fired, and he like did significant like uh, post production duties to the point where he could have been credited, but he just chose not to be. So mm. I think that's the only other movie he's quote unquote directed besides these two. Clearly one of our best directors um, and uh, already, you know, if that's yeah. especially if that's true about Dread. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't have a lot else to say. It looks it looks cool. And I'm yeah. excited for it. I don't know a ton about it, so I don't really have a lot that I can elaborate on. But did you also mention that Gina Rodriguez and Tessa Thompson are in it? No, but you just did. Okay, cool. <laughs> Good job, Will. Proud of you. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is in the movie. Did you say I, I don't remember hearing you say her name, but um, it's a good cast. Uh, that one's going to be, it's a Paramount movie, but it's also going to be coming out, I think, on Netflix in the UK. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be also on in the US upon release. So definitely looking forward to that movie. Yep, yep. And then, uh, okay, so for me, The Post is my number two. Uh, and I've, I've been very hesitant to get excited about this movie. This is Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. Oh, John is excited about a Tom Hanks movie? Wow, what yep. a surprise. But yeah, as, as many of you know, Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. Meryl Streep is one of my favorite actresses. Even though I, I honestly believe that Meryl Streep, I don't want to say she's overrated, but I do think that come award season, she does tend to get over recognized if that makes any sense for movies that just aren't that great where she's not really putting her whole self in. And there's a, there's a significant difference between her best roles and her just normal roles. And I'm not putting her down at all. I think that even in her worst movies, she is like one of our best actresses. But that said, uh, one of the reasons I am looking forward to the post is because it does look like a movie with where we're getting the full Meryl Streep experience and uh, Tom Hanks too, for that matter. So this is directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, it's kind of, it, it's look, it's getting looked at as like the third of Spielberg's like true life American history movies. Cause we had Lincoln, we had Bridge of Spies. Uh, and now we have the post and this is what a, about a, Munich? another, huh? Well, there's also Munich too, like from 2005 though. True. But the, yeah. And I guess Lincoln is what? 2010, 2011, uh, 2013, I think, or 2012, 2012. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking more recent, Okay, and, like a uh, recent trilogy. Yeah, and and I don't know if I would say Munich has a lot of the same DNA as those films. Like if you watch Bridge of Spies and you watch Lincoln, I mean those are very like it's kind of in Darkest Hour, which isn't Spielberg obviously, but uh it it, it just has a like very somber, you know, like uh, it's a beautiful color palette, but it's yeah. definitely like muted colors and it's like yeah. you know, it's Berlin, you know, right before the wall right. goes down. Of course, it's not going to be a pretty thing to look at, but uh, that's kind of when you watch the trailers for the posts, uh, you really get that sense too that this is kind of feeling like, oh, this is a spotlight, but instead of Boston Globe, it's going to be the post, uh, the Washington Post. And I'm really looking forward to that. I, I am a Washington Post subscriber, so I read the post all the time. And, you know, I'm very familiar with like the history. Uh, I love all the president's men, it's one of my favorite movies. And uh, this is a movie that is before the Watergate and Nixon. It's uh, It actually takes place during the late 60s. And so it's when the Washington Post got their hands on the Pentagon Papers uh, illegally and how they were being pressured uh, alongside the New York Times by the government to publish these leaked documents because they were going to expose a lot of... Uh, things that happened with the Vietnam War over the past 30 years that the United States government just completely lied about. So for that reason, uh, this movie is coming out at a very interesting time. Uh, you know, it's safe to say that not just Washington Post, not just New York Times, but the press in general is more under attack by American institutions than ever before. Uh, we're in the middle of a time when a movie like this is going to be very interesting. And I, I really am curious to find out, like, people who... There is sort of a consensus in America to just not trust a lot of the, you know, a lot of the free uh, free press. You know, we're and I, I'm bringing this to current events because it is relevant. But I mean, you know, ABC News just had to suspend somebody for on air uh, getting a fact wrong, and even though he corrected himself uh, on air as it happened, he was still suspended. You know, CNN is going through something right now where they published something wrong, and they're just getting just reamed by everybody 
uh, for these mistakes. And so we're, we're in a very interesting and volatile, volatile time for like, what is the role of press? What is the role for, you know, people who go out there to try to keep the government in check? And I, I am fascinated with that. I'm really hoping the post delivers on giving us an interesting look back on what has happened, what we can learn from history and what we can glean from that. This is coming from one of our best directors of all time, one of our two of our best actors of all time, uh, Bob Odenkirk, who's one of our best TV actors of all time, I want to say. I mean, I haven't seen in a lot of Better Call Saul, but I know highly so, rated. I know, Will, you really like that show. It's really good, yeah. And, uh, th- and that's nothing to say, you know, Tracy Letts is also in this, Sarah Paulson, Bradley Whitford, a lot of great actors and actresses. I, it David just- Cross is also in it, which is weird because Bob and David are in, uh, in the movie for like several scenes. And it's just like, I know this is a really serious movie, but it's like mm-hmm. Bob and David are just standing there. And I'm expected to take this all so serious. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Very comedic guys <laughs> who, especially David Cross. Uh, I don't think Cross is in a lot of the movie, I, I want to say, but uh, uh, he's he does in, have a role. An okay amount, like okay. At, at least like 30 or 40%. But that said, I've heard a lot of things about this movie. A lot of people really like it. A lot of people are kind of so-so on it. I don't know any, I haven't heard anything super negative but I remember when Bridges Wise came out, that was kind of the same deal. I, I think people were, didn't know what to make of it. And I'm hoping if it's at least as good as Bridges Wise, which I really enjoyed, I think I'm going to be really happy with the post. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, if you haven't guessed already, I have seen the film. Uh, I think I'm allowed to talk about it now because the embargo broke. Three days uh, ago, a, I want to say? Yeah. yeah, a few days ago. It's a good movie. Uh, my only real honest complaint, and this is something I kind of expected going in, is that I think... Steven Spielberg's very sentimental, like mockish approach contradicts the whole, like very like fact based storyline in a way that I feel like it, it, it's, it's a little weird. Uh, and I, I feel like that's something like a movie like spotlight is a lot better at being, I don't know. A lot of people criticize spotlight for having a very dry visual approach, but oh, I think that's that why movie, it's so good. That's why all the presidents, that's what I mean. So yeah. Good. I think that movie really reflects the characters. And I think, there is a lot smart. There's a lot of smart directing choices in that movie, but they're very subtle, so people don't know some. Yeah. Uh, and this movie is like the very Hollywood version of like a newsroom, and so uh, I can see what you're saying. Like, I think some people will really like it. I think some people will be a little cold on it, but like you said, it's a really timely movie. I think it's a message that needs to be heard. I've heard some people say the me- the message is too obvious, but I don't agree with that. Just because I think this is a message that needs to be out there, and I think. If it comes like people who are watching like Fox News and stuff and need to hear this story, uh, I think it'll do some good. So yeah, I'm excited for I'm more conflicted. people to see it. I'm I'm conflicted because I I do the thing that I what I love about Spotlight because um, since you brought it up or we both did, but in Spotlight, you know, there's only one outburst. But it's an outburst that feels so justified and earned by Mark Ruffalo's right. character. Because that, to me, that's, that tends to be how journalists are. They're very good at like penting up their emotions and not showing, you know, clear right. and, uh, they're, they're really good at like not showing too much emotion in these cases because they have to like, they have to navigate like so much crap to do what they do. And then, but then you have Ruffalo who, when he faces a roadblock that, you know, just the way that he lashes out, that felt very true to life. And if the post, like you're saying, I really hope that's not the case, but I mean, if it, if it tries to make songbirds out of Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, that is going to rub me the wrong way, I think. But at the same time, you know, I have a lot of respect for the post. Call that what you want. I, I really, I think the the amount of uh, pr- productive journalism they've done in the last year alone. I mean, these people are it, it, heroes. Is a not probably the best word, but they have done so much in the last year to to hold lots of institutions accountable not just the government and i think that i mean just look at the harvey weinstein case uh, just look at the me too movement a lot of that roy moore a lot of that came from washington post reporting and new york times so you can criticize them for a lot of things obviously but i i'm looking forward to a movie that dramatizes a period of time when they almost were kicked out for doing something that i believe you know needed to be done so that's it for the for john's npr yeah yeah you know spiel and, but that's just and it's worth, yeah yeah i was gonna say it's also worth noting that spielberg was so compelled by this movie that even though he's like right in the middle of post-production duties on ready player one he was like i gotta make this movie right now 
So it's uh it's definitely a movie with a lot of heart. It's a lot of passion is in the here. So uh yeah, I mean you can feel it. You can definitely sense how good Spielberg is when he's inspired, and there are some really beautiful visual moments in here. So I think you'll like it. I'm hoping you get to check it out pretty soon. Yeah, as soon as I check it out, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to chatting about it with you guys. And uh, yeah. well, you should. I, I hopefully you'll be able to talk about it on our next episode uh, in more detail. But that said, yeah, I, I'll, I'll have uh, more to say on it. But for yeah. now, just it's a good movie. I think you'll like it. So then let's get into the final stretch, guys. Let's power through this thing. Our number one most anticipated movie, starting with you, Will Ashton. What's your number one? All right. So this is the new movie from my favorite director of all time, Paul Thomas Anderson. That movie, of course, is Phantom Thread, which is his reunion with Daniel Day-Lewis, who worked with him previously on There Will Be Blood, which, in my opinion, is one of the best movies ever made. Uh, I think they really made magic together with that first movie. Uh, he gave easily one of the most incredible performances of the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping the same comes from this movie because it looks a lot different than uh, There Will Be Blood. Because There Will Be Blood is a very theatrical movie. It's a lot of shouting, a lot of explosive moments. And this looks like it's going to be a very reserved film. A lot of quiet moments, a lot of you know somber interactions. The plot is... Uh, oh, yeah, it's... um. Set in 1950s London, which means it's the first movie of his that's not in the United States. Uh, there's Reynolds Woodcock, who is this very reclusive uh, fashion dude, and he is very renowned, like I said, but he doesn't really have a lot in terms of social life. And he comes to get to know this young, strong-willed woman named Alma, who is played by, I believe her name is, uh, what's her name? Lizzie Mann. Vicky Kreps. Of Vicky Kreps, yeah. Yeah, who... uh, Sorry, Leslie Manville is his sister. Yeah. Uh, I don't... Is she bigger in the UK, or is she a newcomer? I'm not terribly familiar with her. Um, She's been around for like a decade. I don't know how big she is, but I know she... uh, I think she was in Hannah. Okay. Probably one of her bigger movies, and uh, she's probably very recognizable. Sure. Because she's in a lot of movies just in the last, like, 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So she's like the second lead and they, she becomes his like muse and lover. And I've heard some different things. Cause this movie for a while was un- like hush hush. Like not people, not a lot of people were saying a lot of details, but I heard a comparison to like a fifties English version of 50 shades of gray. I'm not sure if that's going to fall through, but uh, I'm definitely curious. Uh, and based on the reviews, they're all through the roof great. Like, I think right now it's sitting at like a 94 on Metacritic, which is really good. Hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's looking like another great movie from Paul Thomas Anderson, a filmmaker who I can't think of one movie I dislike from him. Even the movies that people seem to be critical on, I have a lot of admiration for. So I'm definitely, definitely excited for this one. I heard I heard from somebody, I don't remember which critic it was, but... They said that the movie was a lot, it had some of the same themes as Mother, uh, okay. in the sense that it's about how, what it's like to be in a relationship with an artist. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do think that it, it's going more toward that because I think like the Fifty Shades thing is probably a superficial comparison because. Right. I figured that's the case. Yeah. It, and I think that like, because you mentioned it's in 1950s London. I mean, this was like the peak of like high dressmaking in that era is like really like it was a very specific period in time um pt anderson is obviously going for this period on purpose and uh i think there's going to be more going on here than uh some critics might say but i'm looking forward to it as well it's definitely one of my high highest anticipated for now yeah yeah and i mean no matter what you know a new thomas anderson movie is a must in the big screen he knows how to make that all of his movies pop, especially since they're all shot on film. And uh, I'm hoping to see it as soon as I can. I don't know when it's coming out near me, but the sooner the better. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, can't wait to see it as well. Uh, Maverick Hines, what about you? This, oh man. This is the only one I'm actually excited this is about. The one. Yeah. Black Panther, 
of course. Black yeah. Panther. Which is, I think, I think probably on all of our lists as far as yeah. <clears throat> excitement goes. I am so ready for this movie. I, ever since um, Civil War, I have just been like itching for Where's this. Where's the movie with that guy? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been, I've just. More of that. I'm so excited for it. The trailers look amazing. The soundtrack for the trailer even is amazing. So, like, I'm just. There's nothing about this that's, that doesn't have me like ready to go. So it's to come out on February 16th, mm. just continuing the story. After the death of his father, the king of Wakanda returns home to his isolated, technologically advanced African nation to succeed the throne and take his rightful place as king. There seems to be tension in that. There seems to be danger coming, and I'm just so excited to see him kick ass. Ch- yeah, just... Everything about this movie is looking like right on the money. It's looking like exactly like the kind of superhero movie that we should have in 2018. So different, so yeah. much personality. The only thing is, once again, the villain is just like a slightly different version of the hero. But I'm gonna let it slide. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an open mind here because it, it might. But it's Michael B. Jordan. I, I definitely uh, he does not. He tends to not disappoint, even in some movies I've seen him in where there were. Pretty bad. Um, he's usually a really great. Uh, he's usually Fantastic one of the best things about movies. What you're talking in. about? Um, what was the one that he was in with Zac Efron and Miles Teller? Oh, that awkward moment. What was that called? Yeah, wow, that was bad. Um, yeah, Black Panther. Uh, I'm stoked. So stoked. Yeah, and we should also mention it's Ryan Coogler who did Creed with Michael B. Jordan yeah, as well. Which is, Station. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, as when they Both. announced Coogler for this, that's yeah. what we knew. Yeah, I mean he's he's been on a great role recently. I mean Creed was one of my favorite movies of 2015. Frivolization was not far from my top ten in 2013. So I'm just really glad that he's getting this big project, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he does with the Marvel budget because yeah, it's we def- yeah we definitely enjoy superhero comic book films here mm-hmm, at Cinemaholics, mm-hmm. uh, and we're not getting a lot over the next couple of months. Which is very, it's interesting. It's good. We need that sort of like, we need that yearning, right? Like, we don't want to get too so. many. Every, we don't have to have a ton of comic book movies every season. I like the anticipation. I like kind of reveling in the, okay, we had Thor, Justice League. Um, this is, it's going to be a nice little break until February. I agree. All right. Well, that said, uh, my highest anticipated movie of 20, uh, well, technically it's going to be coming out in 2018, the winter months. Is Paddington 2. Now, if you had told me that Paddington 2 was going to be my most highly anticipated movie over the course of a few months, I, I would have told you you're insane. I, I remember hating the trailers for the first Paddington. It's based on the children's book of the same name, and it's from the producers of Harry Potter, and it's a very British film. And I remember, I remember watching the first Paddington and I just did not want to be there. It was a January movie like Paddington 2 is going to be. And I was like, this is going to be terrible. I walked out of that film with the biggest smile on my face. What a surprise Paddington was. I mean, this is a movie that just charmed the socks out of everybody. You can tell too, because I remember going through all the reviews. I don't think I read a single review where somebody didn't use the word charming because that right. is just the only way to describe this movie. And Paddington 2 looks like a lot of that. Um, all over again, but in a way that looks pretty refreshing and new as well. I, I've heard great things. I don't want to delve into too many uh, plot details because I did watch the the trailer for Paddington 2, and I wish I hadn't because it tells you a lot about what the movie is going to be. It's it's one of those trailers like, oh, here's the first, second, and third act. Uh, so I would avoid the trailer, actually, but I'm going to be going into it with high expectations. It's a lovable talking bear. I mean, what else in London? I mean, that's all I want. I wish this movie was coming out Christmas because this is the kind of Christmas movie I'd love to see with my nieces and nephews when I'm visiting them. And uh, unfortunately, we're just going to have to be watching uh, Molly's Game. um, (laughs) You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, I'm definitely on the same page as you. I remember the first trailer for Paddington just looked like every other like Alvin the Chipmunks garbage where it was just highlighting on all the gross jokes that you assume it's going to be pandering to like these young audiences just doing gross out humor. But uh, yeah, that first movie was just so full of whimsy and heart and it was everything that these other uh, book at childhood books adaptations are not. And I mean, like uh, isn't Peter rabbit coming out next year too? It is. That's on our honorable mentions. And I'm not going to lie, Peter. Well, it's on a list, but like, yeah, it's the kind of movie that I don't think it looks terrible. I actually think that it could actually be decent, but it's probably going to be terrible. 
Yeah, just the trailer looked like it, it gave me flashbacks to the first trailers for Paddington One. And I just feel like it's going to be another movie where they take a classic literary character and they just do a lot of modern jokes. And but I like, think the Peter Rabbit trailer, I think I do like what they are doing with the premise. They're, they're keeping the stakes low. It, it seems to be really emphasized on like a human character and a rabbit at each other's throats. And that might be pretty entertaining. It might, it might be entertaining enough rather than this like, we've got to save this, our world from like a construction company. Like usually they like inflate the the stakes for these kinds of things and it peter rabbit doesn't look like that i mean i'm could be certainly hoping it's good just the trailer i saw looked very underwhelming so we'll see yeah. but paddington 2 yeah it just looks like an absolute winner and i also heard that hugh grant steals the whole show as um i think he's the villain of the movie mm-hmm. but yeah I'm 100% yeah sure yeah he is the villain and yeah. uh sally hawkins is back uh, i forget the oh gosh i'm blanking um well, there's hugh, hugh bonville and uh, yeah. Brendan Gleeson, uh, they're going to be in this well. And I think John- yeah, yeah. Jim Broadbent, that's who I was forgetting. Oh, um, Jim Broadbent. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say uh, Ben Wishaw is the voice of Paddington. He's the voice Wishaw's of Paddington. He d- he's tremendous in the, uh, the first film. So, yeah, uh, it's just a nice little voice. Like, he's Patty- everybody loves Paddington. Everybody. He's great. So, yeah, definitely excited for that one as well. But okay, those are our most anticipated movies of the winter months uh real quick i'll go through some of the movies we didn't mention uh so the we did mention the greatest showman but uh jumanji welcome to the jungle is going to be coming out we did briefly mention that and i've heard decent things so far so i'm not uh i'm not discounting that one yet uh it could be could be a lot of fun with the rock and kevin hart and them uh downsizing which i was pretty excited about and i've heard terrible things so now expectations uh... are a little low I almost put that in my top three just because I like that it's an original high concept movie. Yeah. That we don't, you know, especially of this budget and the scale that we don't usually get anymore. But yeah, the reviews have been very discouraging. And it looks like the rare Alexander Payne flop, which is unfortunate. But yeah, it, oh, well. it, and it, I don't, I already don't love Matt Damon. So yeah, yeah that's all that uh, put together. Yeah, I mean, I'll still see it just because I'm curious about the premise. I think it looks like a cool idea, but I am definitely more discouraged than I was a couple months ago. Uh, we're also getting Pitch Perfect 3, which Ugh. I, I, I want to say that movie took me like months to finish. The second one took me months to finish. I, I kept watching it and I'd be like, zero I can this later. of these movies. And I think I'm a better person for it. <laughs> the first movie is not bad. I actually enjoy uh, the first one. but yeah, the I don't like it, but just... I know I'm in the minority, but... The first one's actually, it's funny, and, and the music is fine, and uh, there, it's a movie. It's an actual thing you can sit and watch and have a good time. But uh, It's okay, yeah. The second one, it's too much Rebel Wilson. They they just really overdo that character, her shtick. But okay, yeah. uh, also- And just a bunch of other bad things. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, Molly's Game, uh, Insidious, they, they're making another one, because that's where we're at. The Last um, Key. The Last Key. Uh, there's also The Commuter. Which is uh, the, the new? Uh, it's like another version of Taken. It's you know, it's Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson. Yeah, it's yeah. Y- y- we've seen this before. Uh, y- y- this time it's on Omega. a train. This time it's on. Yeah, he's just Wasn't doing he, another action thriller. He was on a plane before with nonstop. Nonstop. Right? Yeah. So and then just going through all of it. He's going on a train for this one. Now he just needs to be in an automobile. Uh, there probably already is one though well there was there was that movie he came out with a couple of years ago where he was like it was him and his son i don't remember what it was called but the son uh yeah it was was kind of like an urban kind of thing i don't know i the only ones i've liked are the ones that have underperformed which are the gray and all or uh, a walk among the tombstones Hmm. yeah both good movies yeah uh there's also proud mary um oh yeah that looks cool I I gotta say that trailer, it, the effects look really cheap to me, and I just I don't I just don't buy. But that's, that's kind of the point, though, right? It's going for like a black exploitation seventies kind of feel. So the fact I, that it's I hope that it's more self aware than it's coming off. And to I think me, it, is, it felt yeah. it felt very studio mandated instead. I don't know. I mean, I can see where you're coming from, but when I was when I saw the trailer during my friend Dahmer, it just looked like a lot of fun. So I'm pulling for it. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna watch it. It just to me, it looked like it, it is trying to take itself seriously, which that would definitely not be good. I don't know. I'm not getting that vibe, to be honest. I, I think it's going for a very cheeky kind of tone. So yeah. uh, there's but also we'll there's also Twelve Strong, which is our yearly patriotism movie that comes out in January. Uh, last year was uh, 
the uh, 13 Hours, uh, this the Soldiers of Benghazi movie. Before that, there was American Sniper, and before that, uh, there was probably I forget because this has been going back since like Zero Dark Thirty, right? Where we get like so. a, just a movie that is like very successful because it taps into a very specific, you know, real story about U.S. soldiers, and uh, you know, I I, I got to say I think. Every year, they've been getting kind of worse and worse. So this year, I, I don't know about this 12 Strong movie. I have a hard time buying Michael Shannon in this role. I think oh, I'm starting to get... Yeah, he is. I, I, okay. I think I'm starting to get over... I'm, I think I'm starting to get like ODing on Michael Shannon a bit you after Shape say. of Water. Yeah, I never thought I would say that. But hmm. I, I love him as an actor. I love his, I love his work. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And also, Chris Hemsworth is in this. And, okay. you know... That could be fine, he, you know. Does it have like a really clunky subtitle? Yeah, it was like the declassified true life story of the horse, horse soldiers or something along those lines. Based on a novel pushed by Sapphire. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like it's a, it was. They're they're saying that it was the first victory on the war on terror. Um, it's a nice little spoiler they put in the the trailer, but uh, okay. Michael Pena, sorry, is also in it as well, and I, that's all I think I remember, but. Then there's uh, Maze Runner, The Death Cure, which I'm going to see. I, I enjoy the first two Maze Runner movies. They're, it's like the final. We're really just finishing out these young adult book movie adaptations. And Maze Runner, because of Dylan O'Brien's injuries, has been uh, taking a while for them to is get that, out. Is that the one we got in the injury? I thought it was American Assassin. Was it American Assassin? I know that his injury prolonged The Death Cure. Um, okay. So maybe maybe it was American Assassin and then Death Cure. That, Maybe uh, I they forget. had a push. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember which set it was, but then there's uh, the final year, which uh, I think you've already seen. Well, yeah, I saw it during uh, the playlist TIFF coverage. It's a documentary about the last year of the Obama administration. Uh, yeah, it's so a good movie. A yeah, documentary. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely interesting. I'm surprised it took this long to come out because I thought it was going to come out around this time. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's one worth watching. We'll talk about it more when it actually comes yeah. out. Uh, there's also Winchester, the house that Ghost built. Uh, we briefly mentioned that uh, it's this haunted house uh, in our neighborhood, and okay. uh, yeah, I didn't realize that was a subtitle. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh, uh, it reminds I, me of Deathbed, the bed this, that eats. <laughs> this movie looks so bad. Um, and then uh, Fifty Shades Freed. Yeah, they're finishing out the Fifty Shades trilogy. Uh, I think the, the last one was Fifty Shades Darker, and that was that's the actual tagline. Right? Is it really? Yeah, the climax. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the climactic final chapter. God help us. Uh, and then Peter Rabbit. Uh, there's also Game Night, which I gotta say, the Game Night trailer made me laugh. I I think I'm in on this one. The, this uh, is Jason Bateman, right? And uh, and Rachel McAdams. Yeah, that's who his wife is in the movie. I so definitely some recognizable comedic actors. Uh, it's kind of like a date night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey, but they're doing it for like a game night. And it's just like a, a a night of game night turns into like a sprawling, you know, crime thriller or Isn't crime a, comedy, I guess. Kyle Chandler in this too. Yeah, he yeah. is. In, uh, uh, the trailer. It, I remember being kind of weird. Like it, it was not. It cut is a weird trailer. trailer. It's edited weird. Right. That's yeah. what I remember thinking. Like, is this the real trailer? Like, it was just an odd <laughs> thing. Yeah, the but, concept's uh, funny though. Yeah, the concept's cool. I, I I don't really like the director's last movie, which was the Vacation remake mm. uh, or reboot or whatever it was. But uh, was yeah, that the older I, Vacation remake? Oh no, no, no! I know what you're talking about the, the one, one with Ed Helms, Helms, where it yeah. was just. Uh, I, I skipped that one. It's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there is Crooked House, and what's that? I have no idea. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's it. <laughs> Those are all of our, yeah, that's like the one that like, I remember I did look at the poster and I was like, I don't care. And I just put it on the list of what's coming out and looked okay. at that. Uh, there's definitely a few others that be left out, but uh, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, not a lot of, uh, not a lot of films that I think are on my radar at least. Uh, I mean, it's like a mixed bag. Some of them are really high profile and some of them are just whatever which is pretty typical of the uh, winter month. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm pretty, it, it feels something about this year feels a little different to me, I guess. And I'm wondering if some of that is going to be because by the end of 
this year by the end by the end of 2018 i i just wonder if we're going to have a season where netflix and amazon and hbo they're just really going to be dominating original content from Probably. not just shows but movies too yeah cuz um i think there was a report that came out a day or two ago that said that annihilation unless you're in the us the uk or canada i think it's going to be a netflix only release yeah so um yeah it definitely seems like the tides are changing on that front but I don't know. I mean, as long as they're good, I guess you can't really complain. But at the same time, I'm really bummed that the theater experience is dwindling as much as it is. And we'll see. I mean, support your local theaters, guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, somebody who's an avid watcher, I love the theater experience. I I also like to stream things at home. Sometimes I just like to stay home and watch something. Uh, I like having both experiences. I'd I'd hate to watch every movie by myself at home. It's just not, you know. Because in the rare occasion I get Maverick to watch something with me, it's like <laughs> it's not that rare anymore. Yeah. Nah, I, you you did watch Brigsby Bear with me, and that was that was a good that was a good one. That was a moment. <laughs> All right, so uh, that that'll do it for our winter movie preview. If we miss anything, or you guys want to chime in on what you're looking forward to, don't forget to hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, our Cinemaholics, uh, and you can also email us Cinemaholicspodcast at gmail.com. Give us all your feedback, anything you want to let us know about the show. And with that, we'll be back next week to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. And uh, we'll, we'll really be talking mostly about Ferdinand, though, because of know, course. that's the time to do it. But uh, we, have, and we do have a special guest lined up for Star Wars. I'm not going to say who it is because you never know what could happen. But uh, yeah, this, it's going to be a good episode. It's going to be we're going to have some fun. It's going to be it. All right. But all right, that'll do it for us this week. Thanks again for listening. Uh, leave us a review or rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, all that stuff. If you like us, and we'll see you again next week from the Internet, California. I am John Agroni. From the Internet, Pennsylvania, I am Will Ashton. And from the Broadband Basement, I am Maverick Hines. See you next time. Later. <laughs> <laughs>